The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Thanks for joining us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Well, hi, everybody. Welcome back for another episode. I'm coming to you live this week from Salt Lake City, always someplace different on our summer tour. You know, I was just this second thinking about one of my books I wrote. Most people don't know I wrote it. It's called The Real Alzheimer's, and it's a book for caregivers to help them find support. And one of the things that's always helpful for caregivers is when they can take their loved one for respite care and just give them a break. And I was sitting here thinking, you know, these days with COVID and stuff going on politically and socially and with racial issues, I feel we all could use respite care. <laughs> I just, I've been having talks yeah. with some friends of mine and even some of my spiritually awakened people are finding themselves very, very irritable to the point of one person just shocked me by saying she actually flipped somebody off the other day. And I thought, well, you know, I've done that myself years ago and I wouldn't put it past myself <laughs> now with things going on. But uh, I hope that this show gives you a break and just reminds you that The point of the whole show is to remind all of us that we are part of a greater reality, that all of the drama that we're experiencing here and now is is one aspect of a greater life that we're all living as spirit and expression, and that love is the basis of all of it. So if you forget that for a while, I'm glad you joined me here today because we're going to be talking about how to connect across the veil, especially with our immediate loved ones who have passed. And to that end, I'm just thrilled to bring in my guest today, Mary Burton. I know Mary by giving her a reading, and I believe you've been to my class. I'm not sure. We'll talk about that in a minute. But Mary, why don't we just bring you straight in now? I can hear you laughing in the background already. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, my son's been pulling, so I'm afraid. (laughs) Okay, well, you come to this show as one of our shining light parents. For those of you new to my show, that's a term that we use to replace the more depressing term bereaved parent. And anybody who has a child across the veil knows that bereavement quite well. But Mary is a shining example of a soul who has come to terms with her son's passing and is making beautiful things happen in his honor and helping others. Uh, This show, however, is not just for Shining Light Parents. It's for anybody who has a loved one across the veil. 
Uh, as a result of Mary's son's passing, she learned how to communicate with him. And her book, which we'll be discussing today, is called The 21-Day Doorway Across the Veil. It's a step-by-step process for making the connection. How does that sound, everybody? Exciting, right? So as I teach everybody in my mediumship classes, you can do this too. You don't have to be a born medium to connect. So welcome, Mary. Thank you. Thank you so much. Excited to be here today. Uh, I'm just, I love your energy. Grateful to share it with everybody. Why don't we start by telling us about your journey with your son? So my son transitioned. He's a young Marine. He transitioned back in 2012. Um, and Chev um, took his own life. Um, and it was one of those situations that people were just shocked by um, because he was full of laughter, full of life sort of a force of nature person, um, great leadership skills, um, a lot more friends than I ever realized that he truly had both in the Marines, but outside of the Marines as well. Um, and all of them were as well, just completely blindsided by um, his departure, his transition. So that was back in 2012. And it was, um, as most parents who lose a child, um, by whatever means, even if you're prepared a little bit for it, you're not really prepared. Um, and I spent a lot of time lost, I would say, um, certainly in the first couple of years. I had um, two two things that really, really helped me. One was that about eight months after Chaz's transition, I was really struggling, um, and I knew that I needed help. Um, I went to my health care provider and it's one of those things where they give you a list. And at the time, I thought I was just darn lucky, but now I know better. It was much more than luck. I ended up with a therapist by the name of Rose Ballardi, who allowed me to pursue spiritual questions that I had. I had started to want to know where my son was and um, how I could reach him and just wanted to make sure he was okay. And that was where that, that started. But she gave me a lot of courage to work through some antiquated beliefs. Uh, I love that she didn't just dismiss that, right? That's why you say you were lucky, that she didn't didn't try to go through what we might put in parentheses, in quotes, traditional therapy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And she was, she was open to it. As long as I asked the question, she was going there with me. So um, as I needed help on different things, I tried meditation, was having all sorts of images come through and um, she helped me with that. She helped me pursue. She didn't tell me what the answers were. She more let me explore and then directed me uh, to where I could take my interest in pursuing things on a spiritual level. Uh, And that led me to what I always say is my my second uh, sort of watershed moment um, and my focus on the afterlife. And that was Signing up for a class of yours, Suzanne, I've been following you for a while, and um, my sister had actually alerted me to to who you were, and I was not necessarily in a situation where I could jump on a plane and go to one coast or the other, so I had to wait a while, but very luckily, you taught a Serving Spirit class in St. Louis in the fall, I believe was September 2016, and that was my second sort of breakthrough. I have been in uh, instruction. I've been an adult education instructor for over 30 years. 
And that class was by far the best experience I ever had in my life because suddenly I was with people who uh, were like-minded, uh, not definitely not all bereaved parents, a very mixed group. Um, you taught us how, what sitting in the power means. And in addition to that, I met some of the best friends of my life I have still. Um, so I remember uh, being very scared the first time you sort of had us get up and practice. I remember going, what, what, I practice, what am I doing? Um, and yet it worked out really, really well. So that gave me the, the courage to really keep going back and looking at that question of what is the spiritual response to this situation? I had a lot of work to do, but um, that class was very much a turning point for me. You know, you mentioned something about going to therapy and, and just uh, I'm getting the guidance to just share with everybody that you may think you've, you, I'm, I'll never need therapy. But boy, when you have a very close loss, it just changes things. And we suddenly don't know how to handle the emotions, the strong emotions. I remember when my Susan passed, I sought out a, a therapist, but I didn't find one like you did. Uh, Mary, so you were really fortunate. That was a, a blessing. So what yes, happened next then after the class? Well, after the class, I uh, sort of had inv become involved and immersed in meditation, which is which is a great thing to, to do once you get a handle on it. Um, I had also formed a group because I, again, I met so many good friends, some in that class, but some uh, who had been through your class from other states. So I was uh, an online educator uh, developing e-learning programs as well as in-person classes. So I was already using Zoom and um, I formed a group at that point uh, that worked on mediumship development, but also uh, we just shared interests and we shared thoughts, we shared resources, uh, still a good group of friends, but most of whom have been to your class, if not in St. Louis and other locations. So that, you know, helped me sort of hone in on, on what I wanted to do, what I thought my process was. And uh, along the way, um, about, uh, probably about close to, to two years ago, uh, maybe more like 18 months, um, I was uh, seeing somebody for body work. And her name is Cynthia Nolan. She is here in, in Madison. Um, and she listens to spirit in terms of understanding what part of your body needs work or is being blocked and needs relief. Uh, she does Reiki as well as a number of other um, practices related to body work. The one that I use is polarity. And at one point uh, she was listening. Um, I didn't ask her who she was listening to, but I believe she was listening to my guardian angel. And she said, okay, just get, take this pad over here and, you know, start writing, you know, just, don't use your classes, just just start writing. So she showed me um, what they were telling her I needed to be doing. So I started doing what I'm not sure if this is the right name. I mean, I've called, heard people call it inspired writing, but for me it's channel writing and it's where you just sit and you find peace and quiet and you listen. And that's the hardest thing to do is to listen uh, to the voices that pop in, but they sure did. Um, and so that sort of also set me on the path as well. It's probably was about that 18 months time? of that. Just writing. First, first time you tried that was then? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And so I had kept journals. I'd, you know, written on my own and sometimes would hear things and receive things through meditation. 
Um, but it was really the direction of, of writing things down, listening and writing things down. So um, that was where the, the process uh, started. And then um, I would guess about last fall at one point, late last fall, um, at one point the channeled writing became very directive and it became sit here, do this. Um, this is the format you're going to use. These are the miracles you're going to reference. And I experienced many miracles at that point in terms of messages from my son as well as from guides and, and, and angels. And they said, this is what you're going to do and this is how you're going to do it and start here. And every time I would be blocked or have difficulty, I'd ask and they'd be like, do this, do that, do this. Uh, so I refer to it as spiritual downloads. I don't there's much of that book that really is not coming from me. I was just the, the uh, wasn't the water, it was just the faucet, I guess, uh, writing it all down. It, the book wrote itself in about five weeks. Um, but there are many parts of it I look back on, I'm like, I don't remember coming up with that. So uh -huh. um, I yeah. pretty much know that I got the downloads that way and uh, then entered into uh, the process of, of editing it with uh, one of the things I'd learned in the class that I went to with you, Suzanne, was you had, uh, and it's also a very big part of my development, you had uh, alerted the class to helping parents heal. And that was the first I had heard of it. I had never heard of that organization before and became deeply involved and became an affiliate leader for helping parents heal not long after that class. So uh, that was also helping parents heal, for those of you who don't know that, are is an organization that has um, a firm belief in the afterlife and allows discussion of the afterlife without uh, using judgmental means or uh, overlays of any sort. It's a very open-ended organization based on that belief. So uh, that was also key in my development. And again, didn't know about that until you brought that out to us. Um, so I was starting to edit the book and my co-leader uh, helped me with that. And who is that? Tava Wilson. And I know uh, Tava, we're going to bring her on a little bit later in the show. Uh, she also okay. has, she has a daughter across the veil and we'll talk to Tava shortly. But how did you two get hooked up then? Um, you know, I think that was, that was the result of, of Tava. We went to the first Helping Parents Heal conference and um, I very quickly, I had tried to do in-person meetings when I first began my Helping Parents Heal affiliate, and very oftentimes it was one, myself and one other person sort of sitting looking at each other across the table. Um, for whatever reason, it, it just wasn't pulling people in uh, to the physical location, but then Wisconsin is very spread out, uh, people at a distance, and the need was there, just not, you know, during a weeknight, people wanting to drive in somewhere or spend a couple hours in the car just to get to a meeting. So I very quickly went to online, and that was also how I met Tava was uh, between the first conference, but as well as some of the online meetings that I held for Helping Parents Heal. Okay. Well, let's just bring a little bit of the magic into this now. And I use the word magic only because it's magical, but there's no tricks involved. It's not, uh, this is actually no. quite ordinary once you start connecting with yeah. loved ones across the veil. I actually did a reading for you. Uh, was, yes, you did. Can, do, you, do you recall any of the evidence that, that Chaz brought through at that time that you could share with people that may have helped you at the time in your healing? Yes. Um, I 
got on, um, and I'll share this, I got on Suzanne's waiting list, and it is a long waiting list, and um, her her assistant, Lynette, had uh, called me and said, um, you know, you're, you're, you're up, <laughs> so to speak. And um, I first thought of my sister, who I thought would uh, benefit from a reading as well. And then when I had my reading with Suzanne, um, she indicated to me, first of all, that my son had been sort of bugging her uh, to, you know, get sort of get the show on the road and get this to happen. So um, some of what he brought in was that he was being allowed to um, almost operate. I still remember your words, Suzanne, operate almost as a guide to me, which is not in not all people in our family who pass end up in that situation. But I was aware that he had been frustrated by not being allowed to be in that role. And whether as one of his first assignments uh, or what, uh, he was allowed to work with me. And that reading helped me understand that that was, that was the direction. I did not know when I started receiving the downloads for the book that they were coming from my son because he is, uh, he's quite the jokester. He's, uh, he's quite the personality. And I didn't recognize some of what is in the book is coming from him, but mm. after the fact, told it was that he was being allowed to work with me and download these pieces of information, which you know we had been through. He and I had been through already, so it, it flowed pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, that reading really um, brought in. It, it's very helpful, even when you are connecting with somebody on the other side. It is very, very helpful to have a reading with an evidential medium such as Suzanne because it helps you ramp up. It helps you overcome, um, helps you overcome what's, uh, what's in your own mind. Um, right before today, I was sat down to, to the channel writing again, and um, I have to share this, but, uh, you know, I, I said, is there anything you want me, is there anything you want me to say? Is there anything I should bring forward when we're talking today, when Suzanne's interviewing me? And what I got was very different, uh, again, unexpected in certain ways. First of all, there was simply uh, two sentences. Our love goes out to each of you on this journey. We are here waiting to help you. Trust us and trust yourself. And then they literally made me get up, go over to the computer and open it up. That has never happened before. And I get uh, Suzanne's daily message, The Daily Way, uh, which I had already read, but they pointed out to me exactly what they wanted me to say. And it's funny how this works, these synchronicities work. But what they pointed out was uh, the part of the daily way that reads, you cannot trust the human brain. It looks for data that matches its beliefs. And that is how it operates. It denies and blocks out anything that does not fit. So in Suzanne's message, she goes on to talk about, you know, refuse to wear the blinders. Be aware this is how the brain operates and, and simply, um, you know, don't don't go that route. Don't believe that. Isn't so, that amazing? I remember that message coming yeah. through. And then this is what so ha often happens when I do a reading. Whatever comes up in the daily message in the morning somehow comes up in the reading that day. And so today it comes up in the radio show. So how about yeah. we're going to talk more in the second half of the show about how to actually make that connection, make this real practical for everybody who's listening. But did you have to deal with the I'm making this up thought that so many do when you first started hearing from Chaz? Uh, yes, initially I did. But 
what I found is that um, what I found is that it happens so quickly that if if you think about it, if you decide to rationalize and think about it, it happens so quickly you don't even have time to think it and create it in your brain. And that for me has been key is the speed at which it just pops right in there. It, it's almost like I don't have time to think through it. It's just there. There's um, a different so, feeling, isn't there, between thinking yeah. a thought, making up a thought versus something being impressed in your consciousness. Yes, exactly. And yet, as we talk now in our classes, people still struggle with that. And it's, it's precisely as, as was written in the Daily Way today, because the brain is looking at all those past beliefs that we were raised with, and it's wanting to lay logic on the situation. It's wanting to logic you away from it. And as I explain in the book, it, it, you know, ego has a job to do. It's to prevent you from being hurt again. It's like the child reaching out for the hot burner on the stove. Uh, so it's doing its job. It's trying to make sure you're never hurt like this ever again. So but that's its role. And as long as you understand that and you just sort of say, ah, that's what's happening, you can set it aside. You don't have to, to live by those beliefs that you were raised with. Yeah. So what kind of things do you and Chaz talk about? Um, he now will show me things when he is uh, he's intent on things. Um, he always has... Uh, a sense of humor. It's my son's mission in life, I think, to make people laugh. So when he shows himself working with other children in a group, he, he always will hone in on the most serious person in the group and try to get them to laugh. And he will, he will use any number of ways to do that. Um, He was pretty straightforward with you, Suzanne, but I've, I've had him um, even with other people, I've had him be described as a as a trickster or a jokester at point, and he just wants he just wants people to laugh. So, um, my favorite uh, thing that he showed me once was he showed me a picture of him dancing with a very lovely young lady, and they're dancing around. And what he says to me is, "Mom, the music is to die for over here." Oh gosh! Like, oh great! <laughs> Wonderful! <laughs> you know, very yeah. funny. But that's what he will do. He will he'll weave jokes in and stuff. Uh, lately, and so he will... if I could interrupt here a second, what's really encouraging for all of you listening is you can tell that that Mary is having a conversation, real time, real life with her son who's passed. This isn't just random phrases and bits of information that come in. You're you're chatting with him, right? Yeah, we're talking back and forth. I'm asking him questions. He's replying. Um, he will at times, I, this doesn't happen so much anymore, but initially I would sometimes ask him questions that he knew uh, were not in his wheelhouse to answer. So he would always stand there and just wave his arms like, Mom, ask them over there. Ask them over there. And uh, by that, yeah, I guess he meant guides or angels. But when something, he would ask him something that he was not um ready or allowed to answer, he would redirect me pretty quickly. But yeah, there's conversations back and forth. Okay. So was there anything in your early life that would have set the stage for communicating with spirit or, or is this, did this kind of come naturally once you realize this is, this is how I can connect with my son? Um, I would say more after Chaz's transition, but when I look back, um, 
I see, and I do know that uh, I'm sure you've heard this as well, Suzanne, that the folks at Arthur Finley in England um, say that only about 45% of what we are sent by spirit actually gets through. And it's my belief, even in the early days after Chaz's transition, that I was being sent all sorts of, and it's all, all manner of signals and signs, but I just wasn't in a mode to receive them. I just, and I think that was also true of my younger self. I had a few occasions where things would happen, but I would instantly discount them and close myself off to them because that wasn't, you know, culturally, that wasn't something that certainly my parents found to be acceptable. Yeah, that's an interesting statistic that you share in your book. By the way, if you've joined us late, it's Mary Burton's book is the 20, I just lost it, Mary. Give me the title. 21-Day Doorway, correct? Yeah, the 21-Day Doorway Across the Veil. Yes. And it is intended so, not just for bereaved parents. It is intended for those who are, who are bereaved, for people they have lost and loved. Right. And the statistic, though, that you just gave is from the Arthur Finley College to the mediumship school mm-hmm. that, that uh, I attended and many who, who want to study with the evidential mediums attend. And that statistic was only 45% of what the spirits are trying to get through to us gets through. And I'd never heard that, but thinking about it, I would I would say that's probably correct because many times you wonder, well, why didn't they say this or that or give this evidence when they had a chance to? And I can just see them across the veil saying, I'm trying, you're just not getting it. You're not picking up on it. So a medium can be 90% accurate, but still is only getting about half the picture because of the mode of communication. Yeah, and that 45% applies to some very talented and some very open folks such as yourself. You know, experienced mediums are that they're counted in that 45% number. So to me, that's pretty low. That's that's not a, that's not a great statistic. It means we have a it's, way to it's, go. Yeah, it's and not. But at the same time, that's 45% of things that most people don't hear that we are picking up on. And when you can make sure that it's filled with evidence, that really changes lives. So yeah. you're yeah. you're not specifically looking for the evidence, but you can tell when you're doing this channeled or inspired writing that, that it's your loved one. Do you feel Chaz's presence when you sit with him? Uh, yes, I do. Um, a lot of the process that we go through is really listening with your heart. And that's definitely not something we are educated and trained to do by and large, certainly not in anything resembling traditional schooling. So I can feel him with my heart, but he, he loves playing with the electronics. So even as we're on the call today, he's like, I, I had a friend who used to say, stop looking up at the Mary, we got to go to a break here. Okay. We got to go to a break, but we'll come back and talk about the actual process. So come on back everybody in just a few minutes.
Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further, allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24th through 26th at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. We've been talking with Mary Burton, who's written a book called The 21-Day Doorway Across the Veil, which is just an excellent primer for how to connect with your own loved ones through inspired or channeled writing. We're going to get into that process, but Mary, I'd like to bring in your editor, Tava Wilson, who's also your co-affiliate leader, if I'm correct, with Helping Parents Heal. Is that right? Yes, that's right. Okay, and Tava, I welcome, come on in right now. So how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You bet. And I know Tava because I've given you a reading and brought through your beautiful daughter, Christina, correct? Yes, in 2015. And I have to tell you both, I didn't say anything when we were chatting offline there, but as the show started, I could feel and sense both Chaz and Christina, and they had their arms around each other, absolutely (laughs) saying, we're in this together, helping our parents from across the veil. But it's funny, because as much as a jokester and high energy Chaz is, I have to tell both of you that he said that he has a hard time keeping up with Christina's energy. Mm-hmm. I hope that yeah. makes sense to you. And she will put oh, him yeah. in his place if she needs to, <laughs> which she's had to do before. Which is what, Mary? Yeah. She's, she's had to do that before. When he wasn't paying attention and, and cracking a joke with somebody the last time we were together in a group practicing, um, she turned around and like almost like swatted him with a notebook. And she's like, get <laughs> over here. Start start helping out. You know, so he's like, yes, ma'am. For those of you who are new to this whole concept of talking with lovens across the veil, yes, we're talking about people who have passed but who are acting quite human across the veil. And that's because they're still living out their story and are still part of our families. So, Tava, you edited Mary's book, but I understand there's a miracle that happened, what you described as a miracle. I don't know what it is, so I'm hearing it for the first time, too. But let us know what happened. I will do that, yes. So one morning back in October of 2019, I wakened about 6.15 a.m. to a message, and it wasn't from a name or a phone number, but it was from a series of threes, actually, 13 threes across the screen. So I kind of reluctantly opened it, and I discovered it was Mary, simply continuing our dialogue from the night before. Is this on your computer or telephone? On my telephone, yeah, I'm sorry, a text message. Okay, so just a bunch of threes or a 13 and threes it was just there are a bunch of threes across my yeah in place of what would have said mary burton it's just a bunch of threes and i didn't know it was mary until i clicked on it and and i discovered it was her and and so and backtracking to the day before mary had 
just sent me the working manuscript of her 21-day doorway book, and so I could start editing it. And uh, it was my first time reading it, and it immediately and deeply resonated with me. And so one thing that came up at the in this first editing session was a question Mary poses, which is, what do we do with the longing we have to be with our children again, like be physically? And before I'd even finished reading this question, the following thought was in my head. And it said, the thought actually said, focus on this. We can develop our relationship with our children different from and beyond what we had with them while they breathed here on earth. And as I typed this editing comment, my computer froze. So I wasn't able to get my computer working again. So I shut it down and texted Mary explaining what had just occurred and also that her book was already working because I had already had this amazing sort of download that has come to be something I fall back on quite often. So now back to 6.15 a.m. with all the threes. I've now realized this text is from Mary, so I clicked on the contact icon info and what should have been Mary's contact card and had her name at the top instead had this series of 13 threes at the top with a contact picture below it. And I did recognize the picture, but I couldn't place it. And then there were two phone numbers below that. So um, I sent Mary a screenshot of this, and we were both just kind of curious and excited and thinking, what is going on here? This is crazy. So while I thought about who this contact photo might belong to, Mary looked up the meaning of a series of threes and sent me the two answers that popped up on her Google search. Her first being, oh, my gosh, as an emoticon, that means love. And her second thing was spiritually it brings a very spiritual loving supportive and protective energy it is the energy of living life with enthusiasm forging ahead into the realm of imagination creativity and adventure without fear knowing without a doubt that we are protected and loved by unseen spiritual powers well wow. at this point, i think that embodies both of your kids too not not only is it a message yeah. for all of us yeah, yeah. I, I mean, at this point, we're just like kind of both my heart's pounding and I, I just like not knowing what to do. And, and it also was resonating because it sounded just like what Mary's book was all about and what she was doing with her book and kind of like, a, yes, keep going with this book. So, but at that moment, I also knew there was more to it because of the photograph and right. because it was something I recognized. So I checked several of my other contacts. And after checking a few, I got to Christina's dad, Greg, his contact card. And bingo, that was it. That, that contact card had this picture that was now on this 33333 contact along with Mary's phone number below it. So it, it, it was just like mind-blowing. So I'm like trying to process all of this and how does this all relate and it all this all took place over a number of hours. And what I finally realized was that in addition to the message about Mary's book, Christina wanted me to share this miracle with her dad. At this point, it had been four and a half years since her physical death, and her dad at this point had not had any transformative experiences like I had, and he was suffering in every way imaginable, mostly emotional, but that led to physical, mental, I mean, just really, really suffering. And so, um, and Christina, we discovered later, along with some help from her guides, was reaching out to him in the most concrete way she could 
to help Mm. him understand that she still loves him and is still with him. So I reached out to him about this, and he immediately said that she'd been on his mind a lot lately, and his kind of goal was always to keep her off his mind, to not think about it, and to stay busy working and doing other things. Hmm. And and then several weeks later, I approached him about us sitting down and really talking about her life and her death, and he agreed to do that. And that was an enormous breakthrough, and he, he agreed to do that with, with also our son, Nico, and um, that was just a huge breakthrough uh, for for me and for him and and for Nico and and it was it was really incredible. So then, about two weeks ago, Mary phoned me, and instead of her name and you know how it usually comes up, like it'll say Mary Burton, and then it'll have like a circle with an M in the middle, or else it'll have a little thumbnail picture. Right. Well, instead of that, it my entire phone screen is filled with that contact picture of Christina's dad the entire thing this has never happened with any contact who's ever called me whether I know them don't know them I mean so this is Mary calling you the author of the book about connecting across the veil and it has your ex-husband's contact photo photo just blown up on my screen not even (laughs) just as a thumbnail I mean the whole thing is blown up so I, I, it was basically just not a, a not so gentle nudge, another one. And, and also since that day in October, I've completely updated Mary's contact information and added her husband and, and a bunch of other things to it. And yet, if I send her a text message, I'll look up Mary Burton and I'll click on Mary Burton. And then as soon as I hit send, it reverts to the threes. And so... Oh it's it's just it's just unbelievable. So in addition to affirming content in Mary's book and sending a message to Christina's dad, it's basically irrefutable evidence of technology being altered by some sort of energy. And just another NOE. Thank you, Suzanne. No other explanation yeah. than spirit or God's power and involvement in our everyday lives. Indeed. I love this. I can hear your daughter laughing right now. And she's just kind of, you know, how you lick your finger and go, you know, she's like, this is easy for us. So I know that a lot of you listening have had strange things happen on your phone. When I do readings, I hear a bell ringing and that's a symbol in my system for I'm messing with your cell phone. So thank you for coming on and sharing that awesome experience with us, Tava. You're welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. And thanks for editing the book. So, Mary, tell us, you want to go through the process of connecting? Can you do it in a nutshell? I can do it in a short form. And the most important thing for people to understand is that it is not meditation. Um, if, If you are an experienced meditator, you will be able to get into a peaceful, restful state quicker. There is an advantage to having had experience with meditation, but it is not meditation. Um, The process relies on bringing our vibration level up. We most frequently do that by recalling a really happy memory with our child, or sometimes we write them a letter uh, filled with love and gratitude in prior to our practice session, and then we reread that letter to ourselves. So we use some devices to make sure that we're leading with gratitude and love, and then we work very hard on what could best be described as mindfulness techniques, picturing our child right with us. We have our hand on our heart, and we are feeling 
and thinking with our heart. So we go through a process of simply, you know, relaxing and then listening really hard and using our heart, using our emotions to connect with our child. Um, and so there have been some really awesome practice sessions. The one thing that we have learned out of all this is that it works well doing it individually by what is described in the book, but it also uh, ramps up quite a bit when we have a group practice because all of our loved ones on the other side are working together and they are, you know, sort of keying off of each other, helping each other. We have had sessions where somebody is, is not necessarily getting a message from their child and yet their child will show up in somebody else's message. Uh, that's and cool. that's because they are so intent on on getting through. Um, I and call I them the. I know they work in groups yeah. across the veil, so that's really validating. Yeah, yeah, it really is. So um, my my jokester son. At one point, um, I was uh, leading into a practice session, and I was panicking because I had been in the the habit of saying a prayer for each person and their loved one prior to the practice session, uh, believing this needed to be done. But I'm panicking because I realized that day I had forgotten to do that. And, um, you know, I'm like, oh, gosh, how do I do this? And uh, we're about to, to start this. And my son showed me a picture and he's like, mom, mom, we're having a freaking party over here. And he shows <laughs> me all of them and they look like they're having a freaking party. And it's his way of saying to me, just, you know, chill out. It's chill great out, to yeah. say the prayer, but what's happening here is not dependent on you saying a prayer, you know, it's nice thought, but, but not really the way this is working. So um, they get together and it's like cranking up the dial um, on being able to connect with them. They are working together to make this happen. And they, they're very happy to be doing this. And of course, as, as the, the folks who are here on earth, we're delighted, just delighted to hear what they have to say and the messages that they send to us. They're just awesome. Uh, well, so what, that's, of, that's of the steps the that you've gone through, I don't know if you had a chance to go through all of them. Is any one step more important or more powerful than another? Um, the step of leading with gratitude is really important. So if somebody has not been, uh, not attended class or maybe hasn't read but so far in the book, we always make sure before they attend a group practice that they write a letter to their loved one in heaven, that letter should have uh, thoughts of gratitude and love for that person having been in your in your life. And um, we acknowledge sometimes in that letter that we're wanting to continue that relationship, that we're very happy they're there. So uh, one of the steps we go through is welcoming our, our, our loved one in. Uh, again, could be a child, but could be somebody else. We welcome them in. We acknowledge that they are there and that we are so happy that they are there. We are working in the present tense with them. Uh, where I love they that are you're doing this because one of the keys to connecting across the veil, the, the number one is the belief that they are there and you can do this. So by doing that letter, I see the brilliance in that. You're just, you're causing the person who's writing the letter to acknowledge that even if they're not quite there yet in their mind, in their heart, they're letting that come out on the paper. Yes. And they're using, the re we're having them reread that note or that letter they've written right before they start their practice, whether that's individual or part of a group, because it, 
it sort of brings their vibration level up. And of course, their loved one is seeing every every single word that they write down. They know what's going on. Yeah, you bet. They're reading right over your shoulder. How about those mm-hmm. who are just really mired in grief? Is it does this practice work for them, or do you feel you have to wait a while and clear the grief first? Um, I've learned never to say you must be X number of amount of time past the passage of a child because um, I have seen I have seen parents who are literally within a matter of months after their child has transitioned, able to connect really well. I can honestly say that I wasn't ready to connect really well several months after Chaz transitioned, but I had a lot of work to do on myself and on my personality. And that's that's the hard part. So we will sometimes when we get together, uh, if somebody is very, very new, I have somebody in my class who right now, uh, and it's a wonderful class, but it's really barely two months after the transition of their child. And yet, um, they are able to feel the energy, and I am convinced that over time they will, they're opening their awareness to this, yeah. and we're working with them on the resources to, to help with that. So we'll suggest things like Helping Parents Heal has a wonderful group of caring listeners, um, and we'll, we'll suggest different resources, and we'll work with them on, on making that happen. So um, it might be take them a little longer to get there but I've seen people be able to do it very very quickly I love this because you know this is the name of the show the messages of hope and how many support groups you see where years later people are still just mired in that grief and thinking oh they're gone and here we are months after someone passes or even right away saying well they're gone physically but you can communicate and look at all of us and and you know, ask them for signs, ask them for evidence, and they'll give it to you that this is really them. It's not you making it up. So did you yeah. have a way to test the process with anybody before the book came out? Yes, uh, and thank you for, for reminding me about that. I had what I refer to as the dream team, and it I was not intended to be a class, but uh, again, Spirit directed me what to do. I come from a background where when you put together something, a course or a product, a a book, whatever, um, you don't deem it user-friendly. You you go to the person who's using it and have them vet it for you and tell you, is it it working, is it not working? So I was very blessed when I asked to have a group of Helping Parents Heal friends who stepped forward. Um, I think there were 11 of us in total. and we sort of went through a class, a four-session Zoom class. At the same time, everyone was using the draft form of, of the workbook and working through individually uh, to make sure it worked. And I was really amazed to find at the end, first of all, the, the group practices were just stunning. What what occurred in them, just, just stunning. And uh, what I heard afterwards when I asked everyone for feedback was that, while the book can stand alone, it really was very helpful for people. It was sort of like visiting a medium, a good medium, having the ability to ramp up in a group and have them together as a group, as well as our own energy, was very helpful. So we've continued to do that. I wasn't intending to, to actually teach classes, um, but, uh, again, Spirit has told me each time what to do. I'm very, very excited about the group's. We've probably had about 100 people uh, at the end of July. It'll be around 100 people who've taken the class. So Nice. 
So here's a question for you. The book's called Twenty-One Day Doorway Across the Veil, but but you're doing these classes, and I have a feeling you get results before all twenty-one days are up, right? Yeah, absolutely. Happens very quickly. Um, I back when the, I was starting to do the book, I was like, oh, we should be doing like ninety days, and the spirit was like, no, twenty-one days is enough to get the practice going. Uh, because it doesn't start and end. You you want that to continue on whatever level. But, yeah, right. we have had people attend practices on the basis of writing their letter of gratitude and using that have gotten messages very quickly. Yeah. Wow. So why 21 days, though? I mean, is there something different happening, something you have to do more with each sub- subsequent day or is it just a matter of building this um, habit it's more of a gentle gentle lead-in i would say the first week is very gentle uh because it is getting you to consider questions uh about you know who you want to be hearing from uh your openness to what is coming and being given to you by spirit um it gets you to look at the process of sitting and relaxing we start in small increments you know, 10 minutes at a time, and by the end of the 21 days, we're built up to, to doing 20 or 30 minutes at a time. So uh, we're doing things gradually, um, and we're getting people used to the practice. Mindfulness, which is a term I used to detest and no longer do, but it takes a while to get yourself focused on the present tense. And I believe it's a statement by David Kessler in the book about we need to be looking at the here and now and not living in the past. So Focusing on the present and knowing that is where your child is or where your loved one is, is presently with you, not back in a memory and not in the past, takes a few steps to get there. So uh, that's all I can imagine when they talked about the 21-day process. Um, A lot of it for parents who have lost children is that we struggle with, uh, we struggle not only with the grief, but we struggle with guilt uh, and our own worthiness our own self-compassion so those are a little tougher concepts to wrap your head around and sometimes it takes a while to get yourself out of that mode because we feel of course i'm sure you felt this with susan you're not supposed to go before your children and you're not as a parent you're not supposed to go to to have your child go prior to you leaving this planet and so we struggle with that and we blame ourselves Um, if only i had done this if only i had done that the person would still be here, which is, in fact, not true, but that's the way our logical mind proceeds when we're hurting and we're grieving. So it does take a little while uh, to get to, but some people are amazingly fast at at sensing what they need to do in terms of letting that go and actually thinking from their heart. For me, I keep my hand for a long time on my heart because I, I need that physical reminder that that's what I'm thinking with. And that is what spirit has said. They're communicating with us heart to heart. That's where the that. communication is taking place. Yeah. First thing I do in a reading is I sit down with my client or my sitter, as we call them, and I, I say out loud, now let's connect our hearts, kind of like the old cam with the string. And there's nothing like that energetic connection that is very real. You talked, as we're running out of time here, Mary, at the beginning of the show about one of the things you learned in my class that was very important in your journey was the concept of sitting in the power. And I heard a few people in my mm-hmm. mind saying, what is that? What is that? Would you explain your understanding of that? and how it relates to connecting with our loved ones across the veil. It has to do with being able to find your place of peace and quiet 
Uh, so Suzanne's process leads you through some steps of being able to settle out and being able to deal with thoughts as they come. Everyone has to deal with, you know, the brain is, is churning out thoughts, is churning out worries, concerns, trying to distract you really is what it's doing. So Suzanne's process has to well, do you don't, you with... Don't, you don't need to teach my process. I want to know your no. understanding of what uh, it means to sit in the power. But it's, but it's very closely aligned because uh, you're opening your awareness. When you're sitting in the power, you're really opening your awareness and you're opening your heart to be in that receptive mode. And that is what's key to this process is opening your heart, opening your awareness and listening. And that's the big key is listen, 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 and not to judge. It's sort of like the old process of brainstorming that everyone's been through. You're taught to never analyze, never say that's a bad idea. The point is to get as much down on paper as you can. And that's what this process is about. You have to make space for the gratitude. You have to make space for your connection with that, those in spirit. To do that, you have to move out those other things that are trying to interfere. And that's what sitting the power is about to me, and that is what this process is about. It's about finding your peace and then being able to use really good listening skills. Beautiful. So you've talked about classes, and people can find out about that on a Facebook page that you have. But mm -hmm. the book the book alone is standalone. I mean, people yes, can certainly learn to this by the book. It's very well laid out and very clear instructions that you can tell come from the heart. It's just beautiful. But with just one Thank minute you. left in the show, Mary, what last word would you have for anybody who's grieving, no matter if it's a child, a partner, uh, parent, sibling, what would you most like them to know? I would like them to know that they are not alone, even though it may feel like that. I would like them to know that their thoughts of connecting with their loved one and finding their loved one where they're at are very, very possible. And they can pursue that a number of different ways, but uh, I hope that this book addresses that for people in terms of the process they can use individually. And if they want to, to participate in a group, um, I'm part of helping parents heal, but separate of that, I simply welcome people to, to contact me at my email address and uh, be glad to talk with them and, and get them to the resources that they need. Sometimes what they need is they need a good reading with a medium, and Helping Parents Heal has got a very good resource for that as well. Suzanne so is on the pages. There are some of them who, who uh, a list of people. It's a pretty rigorous process, actually. But that can be very, very helpful in the early stages, too. And is the contact info in your book? Unfortunately not. Okay. Well, we'll find it at a link under this episode. Thank you so much, Mary, and thank all of you for joining us. It's been a pleasure, as thank always. You. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Liz Winter, and I have been a medium and a spiritual development teacher for over 30 years. On my podcast, All Aboard the Medium Ship, 
I want to share the message with you that there is a wealth of love and comfort available to you from the spirit world. On my podcast, you can experience this comfort and peace for yourself through gentle guided meditations and helpful messages. Make sure you subscribe and follow so you never miss an episode. Part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network.